Hey everyone, it's Brett here. So before we kick off this week's show, I wanted to let you know that we could use your help. It's quick, it's relatively easy, and we're even going to throw in a little extra incentive. If you love listening to Where There's Smoke as much as we love making it for you, and you want to allow us to keep making this show, we just need 30 seconds of your time. So stay tuned for that after the first act of today's episode. Thanks, everyone. I'm Bill S. Preston, Esquire. While growing up, a lot of kids wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or a firefighter. Not me. When I was younger, I wanted to be a rock star. Now, 25 years ago, if you wanted to become a working musician, get a record deal, and be a rock star, what did you do? Well, you rented a small room in a warehouse and you practiced about 30 hours a week. And if you weren't working or in school, you were practicing. Eventually, after much begging, your friend's dad let you play for 30 minutes in his falafel pizza joint. So you started playing shows in pool halls, basement clubs, dingy bars, any gig you could get, you took it. And while you were doing that, you scraped up enough money through odd jobs to pay a thousand plus dollars to rent a studio space and an engineer so you could make a demo tape. And your buddy, who was known for drawing really cool werewolves on his school notebooks, well, he made this great logo and demo cover for you. So eventually you get 500 tapes made and you mail them out to tons of labels, just hoping that they'll listen to them. And that for the very, very, very few that do listen, that maybe they'll get hooked in the first 20 seconds of the first song. And while hoping this, you continue to play shows. Eventually you branch out and you do a regional tour around your state or your province, which basically means you hit the road and you play more pool halls, basement clubs, and dingy bars. You play in towns that nobody's heard of, getting paid less than what it cost you in gas to get there, sleeping in the van and slowly building up a following. But then, it starts to happen. You know, someone who knows someone who knows someone comes to see you and they think you're great. And a few nights later, a guy from the label shows up, he comes up to you after the gig and he says they're interested. And within a month of that moment, you sign a record deal. Excellent! Now, of course, while you're celebrating and telling everyone you've made it, what you don't realize is that the label only signed you as a tax write-off. Bogus! A year later, you realize they did zero marketing for you, and your album was one of a hundred they released, hoping one of them might catch fire. And you know what? One of them did. But it wasn't yours. And now, your CD sits in a dollar bin with 98 of the others, the label owns your music, and you still owe them $15,000 that you went Brett. over budget to record the album in the Brett. first place. Brett. Um, um, yeah. Just getting a little dark in here, buddy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, uh, I digress. Point being, you had to make a major investment of time, money, emotion. You had to really want it. You had to work your ass off to get it. And even then, it was still a crapshoot to get noticed. Now, today, if a kid out there wants to be a rock star, how do you think they think they're going to do it? This is American Idol. The winner of The Voice is... In May of 2006, Connor Maynard uh, began downloading his covers of famous songs on YouTube. He was discovered there by Neo, and six years later, he's got a debut album coming out. So what's all this got to do with the price of tea in China? Nothing. But it is relevant to today's episode of Where There's Smoke. 
welcome to Where There's Smoke, the show where we explore self-development through the lens of current events, sports, and pop culture. On this week's show, we explore the shaping and sculpting powers of experience. We discuss instant gratification and discover that perhaps it is not that gratifying. We have a conversation with author and explorer Bassam Tarazi on why third gear should be sexier, and we ask you for a favor. My name is Brett Gaida, and I am your host. Throughout his 2008 book, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell mentions the 10,000-hour rule, contending that it is the magic number of greatness and, quote, an extraordinarily consistent answer in an incredible number of fields you need to have practiced to have apprenticed for 10,000 hours before you get good. While people continue to debate the specifics of the premise and the 10,000 hour number itself, I think Malcolm re-summarized it well in a Reddit AMA last year. He said, the point is simply that natural ability requires a huge investment of time in order to be made manifest. Basically, you have to work for it. Now it feels like every few months or so I see another article giving millennials a bad name in the workplace. For clarity, millennials, also called Generation Y, are made up of anyone born between the years of 1980 to 2000, roughly, as different sources move that range a year or two in either direction. One of the most common issues stated regarding millennials in the workplace is that they have a lack of patience or a need for instant gratification. That young business professionals today enter the workforce with the expectation of rapidly rising through the corporate ranks without paying their dues. No paying dues. They don't do that. There is no pay dues paying, so don't try to sell anyone on, you know, if you, if you just stay Let me state first off, my experience with millennials in the workplace is fantastic, and they are my favorite generation to work with. I find them coachable, eager to learn, connected to others, forward-thinking, and also a lot of fun. Oh, thanks, Brett. You know, for what it's worth, you Generation Xers have done a commendable job of learning how to set the timer on your VCR. Well, you know, Nick, once us Gen Xers figured out that Pong was really just two-dimensional air hockey, I mean, we were pretty much unstoppable. And while I think there is validity to the generalization that they want instant gratification, I do not think this is solely a millennial thing by any means. This is a societal thing. I mean, it seems like these days everybody wants to get there faster and they want it to be cheaper and better quality than before. They expect it to be easier and yet even more rewarding when they get it. They want to take the bypass or the shortcut and still get all the amazing views and memories along the way. They want to be part of the in crowd and the A team without building connections and earning their stripes. People ask things like, does this five day training come in a half day version? How do I lose 15 pounds in three days while still eating cookies? Um, do you have a three-week black belt course? And of course, is it possible to have the baby in three months? What the f*** is wrong with these people? Whoa, hey now, whoa, no, no need for the language. Look, the point I'm making is it's not just millennials who want and expect instant gratification these days. Now, perhaps it is more prevalent in that generation, but if so, they are just a product of their environment. You know, in our community episode, Jeff Utech spoke of a mobile generation. They have never had to actually call a physical place to find somebody. They've always called people, not places. <laughs> At the risk of sounding like a bad stand-up comic. You know, when I was a kid, you had to earn a trophy. Now, everyone gets one just for participating. <laughs> you suck. 
But seriously, if I was at a line in school, my teachers punished me. Now every parent thinks their kid is special and principals have turned teachers into babysitters. Meanwhile, instant is the norm. We expect everything on demand, whether that is our computer booting up, our TV shows, our diapers being delivered to our front door, or our internet. I mean, some of you might remember this. And what about sports? Remember when a star high school basketball player would go to college for three to four years before turning pro? The Chicago Bulls pick Michael Jordan of the University of North Carolina. When a top NFL quarterback prospect would be a backup for four years before he'd be handed the keys to the team? Well, our strength is a quarterback, but our problem is we have two. We're going to have to select between Steve Young and Joe Montana. Today, we shuffle them to the NBA as fast as we can, and an NFL fan base can't wait for their season quarterback to throw one interception before they start chanting, Tebow! Or telling the coach he should start Johnny Manziel. If the, if the Browns smart, they better be Johnny Manziel. <laughs> hmm, how did that work out? So can you totally blame younger generations today if they expect to be driving the bus on their first day? That's what our world is teaching them. And of course, this air of entitlement and era of instant bleeds into how we want to experience all areas of our life. We want it handed to us and we want it now. But you know what? That's not the way it works. And to be clear, I'm not saying we're being denied it. I'm saying that's not the way it works. Look, to help make my point, let me tell you a story. A parable, really. Hopefully this will help to clear things up. Come on, everybody. Gather around. <clears throat> okay, this story is called The Man and the Butterfly. One day a man was working in his backyard and he saw a cocoon. He got very excited as this man loved butterflies. In fact, when he was a small child, he used to spend lots of time around butterflies. He loved all the colors in their wings and was fascinated by how butterflies would transform from a furry caterpillar into this beautiful winged creature. On this day, he noticed that the cocoon he saw had a tiny opening, meaning the butterfly was trying to make its way out and into the world. He decided to sit and watch how the butterfly would come out of its cocoon for the entire day, over 10 hours, he watched the butterfly struggling to break through the shell of the cocoon, and in all that time, it appeared to make no progress at all. The man felt terrible for this poor little butterfly and decided to help it. He got a pair of scissors and cut that tiny opening to make it bigger. And as the opening got bigger, the cocoon opened right up and the butterfly emerged without any struggle. The man was happy that he had helped the butterfly come out of the cocoon without any more struggles, and he was now eager to watch the butterfly fly with its beautiful wings. However, the butterfly did not look like the beautiful, colorful creature the man knew and loved. It had a swollen body with small and withered wings. He thought that at the time the butterfly might expand the wings and the body would shrink. However, that did not happen. The butterfly just crawled around with its withered wings and huge body, and it was not able to fly. See, although the man was trying to help the butterfly, he did not realize that only by going through the struggles would the butterfly emerge like all the other beautiful butterflies. 
The continuous effort from the butterfly to come out of its cocoon would let the fluid stored in its body convert into wings and help those wings become big, beautiful, and strong. By cutting the cocoon, the man stopped this process from happening and the caterpillar was not able to complete its transformation into the butterfly it was always meant to be. So what happened to the butterfly? He's dead. Oh well, that sucks. I don't like that story, Uncle Brett. Like it or not, the moral of the story is that you can't rush it. You can't bypass the struggle. If we don't undergo the struggles, we won't be able to fly. We are so often in a hurry to get to a place because we think who we want to be is there. But unless you go through the work, the struggles, the setbacks, the journey, who you want to be will not be there because it is everything you go through in that journey that shapes you into the person you not only want to be, but need to be. It takes a certain kind of stewardship to be able to care for success and all that it brings once you arrive there. This is a huge contributor to why so many lottery winners end up blowing all their winnings. They don't have the education of experience of how to handle that kind of wealth. The National Endowment for Financial Education cites research estimating that 70% of people who suddenly receive a large sum of money will lose it within a few years. Don McNay, author of Life Lessons from the Lottery, has studied winners of big money for 30 years. He states that most ordinary people who come into large sums of money become victims of their own lack of financial savvy or discipline, aka they don't know how to handle it. Remember how we started the show, implying that becoming a rock star is a lot easier these days than it was 25 years ago? Well, the thing is, that isn't true. You know, these people, winners of American Idol, The Voice, etc., they are not becoming famous. I mean, they might be Dancing with the Stars famous, but they're not Bono Madonna famous. They are trying to bypass the journey and they're not ready. They haven't earned their stripes. They haven't got enough scars. They skipped the part in the middle where their substance is built. Now you might think, well, of course, there's exceptions to the rule. Every so often along comes a Carrie Underwood or a Justin Bieber or in sports a Peyton Manning or an Andrew Luck, and we perceive that they went straight to greatness. However, it's just like the iceberg analogy. We only see 10% of the iceberg and we are only seeing 10% of these people's journeys. If you know the stories behind these people, then you know that they did put in the work. They did put in the hours. It was just before most of us knew their name. It's just that all of their hard work, their foundation, is hidden under the surface. Michelangelo said every block of stone has a statue inside of it, and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. Much the same, each of us has greatness inside of us, and it is the task of the journey to discover it. When it feels like life is chipping away at you, it is. Life is chipping away at you to reveal the statue underneath, to form you into the person you were always meant to be. You are being shaped and sculpted by these experiences, and without them, you'd just be a big chunk of rock. We can't bypass the process and expect to be a kick-ass butterfly in the end. Instead, we'll just end up being this larvae, caterpillary, half-winged mess. Oh, oh man.
Did I just describe my late 20s? You suck! What worries me about this instant gratification mindset is that with all this focus on the short term, we risk serious damage to people long term. I swore I wasn't going to turn this into a it's the journey, not the destination bumper sticker. But you know what? It is the journey, not the destination. And by that, we don't just mean to enjoy it. We spoke of that in our meaning of life episode. We also mean that the experiences you have on the way are shaping the person you will become and what the end result will look like and feel like. Those experiences are, as Malcolm Gladwell said, the huge investment of time necessary. As Robert Frost once wrote, and Nick often likes to quote, the best way out is always through. So appreciate what you are going through. Know that it is serving you. And P.S. Everyone gets there. Hey everyone, this is Brett. At the top of the show, I mentioned that we could use your help and that it would be quick and relatively easy. So this is the part where I'm going to let you know what we could really use from you guys. When we started Where There's Smoke, during the first you know eight weeks or so, we were really adamant about asking you guys for reviews on iTunes. And part of the reason we were is we knew how much they affected our visibility in New and Noteworthy and how much they affected our visibility on iTunes. And it was fantastic. And then over the last month or so, we've kind of stopped asking. And if I'm being really honest, part of it was Nick and I kind of got sucked into the opinion of one person. You know, one person we don't even know, if we're being really honest. Somebody wrote on iTunes that they felt like we asked for reviews too much. And even though Nick and I know how this works, and the reality is that the more we ask for reviews, the more we get reviews, the more visibility we get, the more people discover our show. And ultimately, you'll only listen to our show if it's great. We kind of let ourselves reel back a little bit. And the truth of it is, over the last month, as we reeled back, uh, so is our growth. You know, we, we're not really losing listeners, but our growth has tapered off and we're kind of even keel. And we put so much energy into the show. We know that you guys love it and we could really use your support because we know that if we can get more iTunes reviews, especially over the next two or three weeks, we're going to put a real focus here. We can get our visibility up on the charts. We can get new people listening to the show, and that's going to make a massive, massive difference. So we're going to add a little incentive. I mentioned that at the end of the show too. We're going to do a random drawing. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to give away three really cool things. Okay. Number one, one of our listeners out there who leaves an iTunes review over the next three weeks, you're going to get a month of free consulting, coaching, collaboration with me. Basically, three 50-minute sessions over a month. You can use them however you want. You know, I coach executives in the Fortune 1000. You want me to coach you, I'll coach you. You want me to collaborate with you on your podcast. You want to talk about writing. Hey, if you just want to have a glass of wine and hang out over Skype, I'm cool with that. It's your time. But you're going to get three sessions with me over a month for absolutely free. And I'm going to help you create whatever it is that you want to create. Secondly, someone's going to get an hour of Nick's time. And again, that's up to you to use however you want. Maybe you want to have him consult on your podcast, help you kind of with your launch or your idea, or maybe you just want him to make some really, really cool audio message for you. You know, you could, you could make an audio message with like Star Wars music in the background that wakes you up as your alarm every morning. He is an audio magician. So whatever you want, you got an hour of Nick's time. All right. And thirdly, and this is really cool. 
someone is going to get 30 seconds on the Where There's Smoke show to basically promote anything you want as long as it aligns you know with our show as long as it's cool as long as it's positive it's not something too crazy we'll get kind of final dibs on that but if you want to use it for 30 seconds to create an advertisement and we'll work with you to create an advertisement for your business or if you've got an event or a charity or hey if you just want to leave a really cool message for your mom or if you want to propose to your girlfriend i don't know you got 30 seconds within the show of where there's smoke where you're gonna to get to put a message in, whatever you want. Okay, so those are the three cool things that we're gonna give away with a random drawing for everyone that leaves a review. Now, some of our listeners out there, you might be saying, well, wait a second, Brett, I already left you a review. No worries, you can get involved too. You just need to get a friend, someone you know, to actually review the show on iTunes and you're gonna follow these directions the same as everyone else. So the directions are this. You're gonna go, you're gonna write a review. Before you send the review, before you click send or whatever the actual button says there, take a screenshot, okay, whether it's your laptop or your iPhone. Take a screenshot of the review you're writing for Where There's Smoke, and then you're going to email it directly to us, connect at wherethersmoke.co, or you can tweet it out either with the hashtag WTSReview or just include Nick or I, right, at Brett Gaida or at Podcast Monster in the tweet. So basically, just want to make sure that we see it, okay? So we can actually see the review because sometimes people's iTunes names don't match up with their real names. So we want to be able to know who you are. And then what we're going to do is we're going to run this drive for three weeks, okay? So for three weeks, we're going to be asking you three shows in a row to leave iTunes reviews. And at the end of all this, we're going to do a random drawing. We're going to give away a month of free coaching, consulting, collaboration with me, an hour of Nick's time to do pretty much anything you want except maybe your laundry and 30 seconds on the show to talk about whatever you want to talk about or advertise or promote or tell your mom that she's awesome whatever you want all right guys so we really really need your help this is so key right now we are at a critical point with where there's smoke where we really gotta we really gotta drive this thing we gotta increase visibility and listeners so we can keep creating the show and uh, just keep having the amazing experience we're all having and keep building this community so thank you so much we love you so much Go leave an iTunes review, take a screenshot, email it to us, tweet it to us, and we'll see you out there. One of the seeds for this episode was planted a couple of months ago in a conversation I was having with Bassam Tarazi. Subscribers to this podcast might remember Bassam as the guest in our Don't Jump episode talking about biases. Bassam is an author, entrepreneur, businessman, a thinker, and a traveler who has currently traveled to 66 countries. I decided to reach back out to Bassam last week to further our conversation on this topic. We talked about how everyone is looking for a secret to getting things done. You know, they want a top 10 list with all the answers. And some make the mistake of thinking that information is an accelerant of experience. But it's not. You can't learn to swim standing on the side of the pool. And you'll never be able to juggle unless you throw a ball in the air. Feet have calluses. Life has experiences. You know, you can't. You can't run <clears throat> a marathon just because, you know, you have the shoes, you have whatever, or become an ultra marathoner or rock climber or whatever. No, your feet are going to bleed and your feet have not done this before, no matter how much you read about it. So, yeah, that callus is you earning the right, you know, and your foot goes, oh, okay, I learned, I learned, I learned, I learned, I learned. And I just think there's so many people who have, you know, that, that there's this illusion or the, or the delusion that. With all this information, I can just form this callus of experience. <laughs> you know, I can, I can bypass everything. And look, you chuckle because it's the same thing with juggling. Yeah, you could read every YouTube video. You could watch, okay, how do they throw it? How do this? And then someone hands you three balls and it's like, all right, nothing else matters but you not knowing how to do this right now. Yeah, dead on. 
So one of the things that you, you we had a conversation uh, you know a while back and and you used the term you, you said you know we need to make third gear sexy again mm-hmm. and you know what is it that I mean you you mentioned uh, just a little bit ago you mentioned this idea of okay well ever more people are watching us right yeah. um but but what is when you say that when you say we need to make third gear sexy what are you really talking about and and what are you, what do you think are some of the other reasons that maybe it's not third gear being sexy so let let's like so obviously that's an analogy for for a car so let's say you know in this day and age it's it's very easy to start you know there's from 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 you to me from um whoever's blog you want to read to ted talks for that that are free online it's easy to start anything these days and that's first gear that's buying the car you know oh, i got the new car look everybody look everybody i'm going to run a marathon look everybody i'm going to teach myself c++ look everybody look at me i'm going to start yay and everybody claps and then, but really what you're saying is I want to be on that highway. I just bought a BMW and I'm going to be on that highway with the top down in fifth gear, moving along. Look at this new car. Look what it can do. But you can't take the car and just put it on the highway. You know, you got to go through first gear, which everybody, you know, is great. But then second, third and fourth just aren't that great, right? People just are like, okay, can we get to the highway? Like no one cares how the car gets to 70 miles an hour. Let's just get the photo of the wind in your hair. But you have to go through third gear, you know, no matter what you do, you can't go from first to fifth, your car will stall, and and it'll turn off, right? Everybody knows that. So it's making the journey sexy. You know, when I say we got to make third gear sexy, it's what are you doing on an average Wednesday when nobody's looking? You know, that's third gear. That's the time that, you know, you're practicing your, your speech or you're editing your blog post for, for, for the 10th time or you're really working on your book or your illustration or, um, you're starting your first podcast and, and, you know, you're editing it with this new software that you haven't used and you're getting frustrated. That's third gear. And I think we glorify the start and we glorify the finish. And we say, oh, you just need to persevere and, and, you know, you, you, you're going to have to work really hard and, and, um, surround yourself with people who care. But yeah, we gloss over that because that second, third, and fourth is on you. You know, there's no article that's going to help you get through third gear. Uh, that's where the callus is kind of formed. And I kind of feel like that's the beautiful part of life. I mean, that's really life. Like your life isn't the top of the mountain. That Instagram photo I put up of me on top of Kilimanjaro, that wasn't my experience at Kilimanjaro getting to the base of the mountain. Yeah, getting in. Oh my God, it's amazing. No, it was days two, three, four, five, and six that sucked, that were hard, that that I wanted to quit, that, you know, you wanted to throw up. And that was, you know, you had to earn the right to get to the summit. But then when I look back at the experience of Kilimanjaro, I don't really think of the day one. And yeah, I think it's, I think of the, the, I think of getting to the summit a lot, but most of my memories is, is the trudge. You know, is, oh man, remember getting over that peak, man, remember that night when I wanted to quit? Oh man, remember that morning when I couldn't sleep? You know, and that's where I think like, why can't that be sexy? Why can't the mess be sexy? And I think, you know, everybody, you know, a lot of people you say is, you know, they get money, they made their million or whatever it was and nothing changed. They weren't happier. Uh, uh, they didn't, they didn't feel different when they got quote unquote there. And they realized that, damn it, it's the journey. You know, it's the, it's your life is an average Wednesday. And if you don't like your average Wednesdays, then, you know, you're probably not going to like the result that you're that you're necessarily chasing. Yeah. So that's why I think we have to find some joy in third gear, you know, because most of our life is going to be in, quote unquote, third gear, no matter what what project we're chasing or 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 what stage we're in. Well, and I think there's a there's a point in there that you made, which is that once you've had this experience, you know it that sometimes third gear doesn't feel great when you're in it. Mm -hmm. But you realize how great it feels looking back. 
Absolutely. You know? and, and so then what happens is the next time, like when you go and climb that next mountain, you go and go to Everest, when you are in third gear and it's, and it's hell, you know, you actually consciously are like, oh, wait a second. This is the best part. Like you, yeah. you, you, you now know. <laughs> it still might not feel as good, but you now know and you, you potentially get more present. And then looking back, it does end up being the, the best part. And I, you know, I remember I even said that, used the, the same analogy really back in our Meaning of Life episode where I, you know, I said that most people I've talked to who have climbed the mountain of success, once they get to the top and they got the view, they miss the days when they were climbing. Yep. Because that's really when, you know, when everything was fiery and their blood was pumping and they were, you know, they were really challenging themselves and growing and stretching. And, and the funny part is, is I've climbed enough mountains that even on Kilimanjaro on summit day, when I was, it was 11 in, in the, at night and it's pitch black and it's zero degrees Fahrenheit, you know, without the wind, I, I told myself, I said, I'm never climbing another mountain again. This is the worst. <laughs> this is stupid. This is completely ridiculous. And then whenever I got to the summit and I laughed about it and I couldn't wait to climb my next mountain. So I'm going to laugh. I'm going to be in Alaska in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be climbing and freezing that I'm going to hate it at one point. And I'm going to say, but Sam, one day you're going to love this. You know, you're going to love this moment. But like we've been talking about, the only reason I know that is through experience, you know, is through, I've been here before. I know this part. This is the part that, that is, is really what's going to help make me, me. And that's the difference. People think that buying the car is going to make them, them. And people think that fifth gear is going to make them, them. And never look what everybody's going to, what everybody's going to think. But those two are both external. Second, third, and fourth are the internal experiences, you know, and that's really you. That's, that's what makes you, you. The first and fifth is what everybody else says about you. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, right? It's almost like there's this, there's this phrase or, and, and I don't know if I'm, I'm paraphrasing it for sure, but it's something along the lines of, you know, reputation is, is what everybody else thinks about you and character is what you think about yourself. And so when you just said that, what I just heard was, okay, first and fifth gear is like everyone else. It, that's, that, that's your reputation, but yeah. really your character is made up in gears two, three, and four. That's it. Yeah. That's really that's cool. I love that. I love that. Um, well, listen, that is to me a really great place for us to kind of stop because I think that, that sums up the message of what we've been talking about. Thanks again, brother. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and um, uh, have, you know, have an awesome day. And if I don't talk to you before, have a safe trip uh, up to Alaska. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure as well, Brett. Uh, anytime. Hopefully we'll chat soon. All right. Cheers. Take care. Connect with Bassam on Twitter. He is at Bassam Tarazi or check out his website, BassamTarazi.com. Both of those are spelled B-A-S-S-A-M-T-A-R-A-Z-I. Also, I highly recommend his second book called In Five Years, You'll Be Wrong, 68 Life Lessons to Help You Jump In, Calm Down, Show Up, and Stand Out. Now, in the theme of this episode, I want to be clear, it is not full of answers. It is full of 68 awesome ideas, questions, and concepts that can launch you into 68 explorations of your life and who you want to be. We here at Where There's Smoke pride ourselves in being responsible in what we say on our show. We triple-check facts, look for alternate sources for confirmation, and make sure that quotes are accurate. For that reason, we are kicking ourselves for an error we made in last week's Taste episode. Opening the show, Brett said this. The AV Club recently published a study that showed, on average, people stop listening to new music at age 33. 
Now, while the AV Club did actually title their article, New Study Shows That People Stop Listening to New Music at 33, the study they are referencing by Ajay Kalia is very specifically looking at when people stop listening to popular music of today and not just new music, which is a big difference. And while we got that correct later in the show when we came back to it, we did misstep in the opening. So thanks to Tara Backland for a tweet that helped us see this. We truly appreciate it and we're sorry for the mistake. Also, before our normal shoutouts, Brett and I just wanted to take a moment to give a special from our hearts shout out to the moms of the world, particularly our moms. Now, last Sunday was Mother's Day, and it's hard to find something new to say that hasn't been said. And uh, I know it's cliche at this point, but being a mom is hard, much harder than I've ever worked in my life. I mean, it practically takes me an entire day just to edit this show. So thank you to my mom for for everything. It's too much to bullet point or summarize, so I'm not even going to try. But as the years go on, I'm more appreciative of everything that she's done for me. She's a special lady, and you all should hang out with her sometime. Brett also wants to give a very special shout out to Larice, the mother of his three-and-a-half-year-old son, Radic, a.k.a. Rad. Also, as someone who used to live with the Gaidas, I must say that Larissa is kicking butt and taking names at this whole mommy thing. Now, having a son of his own, Brett realizes more so now than ever how much work it takes to be a parent, the amount of time, care, energy, and uh, he just wants to thank his mom for all that she did and for being there throughout his life and being a bedrock of support. So for all of the moms out there or all the expecting mothers, just know that we love you and we're in awe of all that you do day in and day out. Also, this goes out to Ricky on Twitter for confessing to us on Twitter that his boss gave him a strange look when she walked in and heard him listening to Celine Dion on last week's episode. We're hoping to get his boss in to talk to us on a future episode about the incident. Lastly, many have asked, and we can neither confirm nor deny, that since hearing our episode, Celine Dion's camp has filed for a patent on Celine Dijon Mustard. Our first shout-out is also a recommendation. This week, I discovered the First Day Back podcast by Tali Abakasi. Tali's podcast chronicles her going back to work as a documentary filmmaker after the longest maternity leave ever, in her words. I found the storytelling and production top-notch, and I am loving it. I also reached out to Tali, and she not only gave our show a listen, but also tweeted out some incredibly kind words. So thank you, Tali, both for your show and promoting ours. Additionally, big thanks to Lisette Sutherland, who has given Where There's Smoke a few shout-outs on her collaboration Superpowers podcast. We are super appreciative. Additional Twitter love we are grateful for. Mish McCarthy, thank you for listening and spreading the word. At Addie MVR, Jeremy Paris, and at Super Genius for digging the show and our entertaining Orphan Black and Chelsea Peretti banter. For the iTunes reviews, Tarinha from USA, who shared that she enjoys taking a fun and thoughtful journey with us weekly. Gina Wallace from Australia, Joel Lewis of the Startup Dad HQ podcast. Thank you. Remember, we are on a three-week iTunes review drive now, so take a screenshot before you send your review and let us know you did it. And please continue to spread the word out there in your communities on and offline and through Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. The Where There's Smoke experience is conceived, crafted, carved, chipped, molded, written, edited, and presented by Brett Guida and Nick Jaworski. Nick's company can help you make your podcast sound awesome. Learn more at podcastmonster.com, and Brett can rock your next event with a keynote. Contact him at connect at wherethersmoke.co. Stay in the loop by joining our mailing list on the phone. Text the word SMOKE 
to 66866 or go to our website at www.wherethersmoke.co. While you are there, you can leave a voicemail for us, feedback, questions, thoughts, ideas. You'll also find a link to show notes, which include links to all the clips used in each episode, as well as links to anything else we referenced in the show. Our theme song was written and performed by Des McKinney with additional music by Kevin McLeod. This week, there is not a clip of the week, though I think we all know it would be Bill and Ted, as we are instead awarding an episode MVP. And that award goes to my niece, Sydney, for brilliantly bringing home our butterfly set piece. Well played, Sid, and hopefully you'll like my next story a little bit more. Ew! Lastly, we wanted to send you off with some wisdom to help you in your journey of life. And so we have asked the 16th President of the United States of America, Mr. Abraham Lincoln, to speak on Nick and I's behalf and share a philosophy carved from decades of experience. These two great gentlemen are dedicated to a proposition which was true in my time, just as it's true today. Be excellent to each other. And... Party on, dudes! Thanks for listening. We love you. We'll see you next week.